Hello? Testing? Testing. One, two, three. Hello? Is this thing on? Um, I record. I, I woke up this morning. By the way, greetings from beautiful Fort Myers, Florida, where I am recording this podcast at 12.15 p.m. from my father-in-law's condo. Uh, 12.15, right, because of daylight savings. So, like... Yesterday at this time, it was 11.15. Nonetheless, a few hours late. Should have been on the feed hours ago. Now, a small handful of you know there was a podcast that I did upload onto the feed a few hours ago at the normal time, which is usually 8 a.m., and um, it was completely silent. There was nothing on it. So get this. I wake up this morning early, very early. uh, I woke up at 6 a.m. new time. You know, spring forward time. So 5 a.m., you know, uh, yesterday. I wake up this morning, 6 a.m. I jump in the rental car. I drive down to the grocery store. And I sit in the grocery store parking lot. And I record a beautiful podcast. I'm telling you, this is the best podcast you ever heard. (laughs) Best podcast you ever heard I recorded. And then, of course, I upload it, 8 o'clock rolls around, and I start getting the texts. Oh, there's no sound. There's no sound. Ugh. I have no idea what was wrong. I literally re-recorded that. I kept record. I recorded over and over and over, and I could get, I finally did the engineer's trick. You know what I did, right? Turned my phone off and turned it back on, and now it works beautifully. Anyway, so I'm in my father-in-law's condo. I just poured a cup of coffee. Everyone just left the condo to go to the pool. I'm coming out here on the lanai. Love a lanai. Back home, we call these screened-in porches, but, you know, love a nice lanai. It is 82 degrees, and I'm looking out over some water, some palm trees. Really can't beat this, especially because on Friday in Rochester, there was a snowstorm. And I had an event Friday night, and I drove on 490 during that snowstorm and saw two accidents, including one where the car was flipped over. This was probably right around the Fairport East Rochester exit. And um, I witnessed the firefighter carrying the jaws of life towards the car. Oh, God. Awful. I don't even want to look up the news to see what happened with that, because just, just absolutely awful. Anyway, woke up right this morning and uh, recorded a podcast, and uh, you never got to hear it. So I'm going to try re-recording it, talking about a lot of the stuff that I talked about in the first one, including my trip down here. So I left Rochester yesterday, and uh, it was a 10.20 a.m. flight from Rochester to Detroit, and then Detroit down to Fort Myers. Now, the reason I, I flew Delta is because back in 2020, I had two trips planned for spring and summer of 2020. I had a bachelor party in Las Vegas, and I had something else, I don't remember, that summer. And both obviously got canceled uh, because of COVID. And then I had a bunch of Delta credits. And then one time in 2021, Ryan, Leo, and I flew down here to Florida, and uh, we got stuck on the runway for two hours, two separate times, and got a bunch of credits there. So I had been working off for the last couple of years, I've been working off like a $2,000 Delta credit, and this trip finally knocked it out. My total amount of actual money spent 
on this plane ticket for myself to get down here to Fort Myers was $37 because I used my Delta credits. And then, of course, I'm staying with my father-in-law. And my mother-in-law's Christmas present to us was a hotel room in Marco Island for, the, uh, for a few days. So I'm in Fort Myers for a few days, then down to Marco Island for a few days. And so this might just get – I might just get off with this being the cheapest uh, vacation of all time. Although, although – probably going to be on the hook to pick up a dinner bill somewhere in there. So anyway, let me take a nice sip of coffee. Ooh, really can't beat this. But listen to this story. Yesterday, when I get to that Rochester airport, it's, you know, it's a 1020 a.m. flight, Rochester to Detroit. They're about to board. It's about a half hour before boarding. And they make an announcement that they need a volunteer and say no more. I'm good. This is one of those rare situations. I am traveling alone. It's a vacation type thing. It's a Saturday, right? I'm in a good. I'm in good shape to be the volunteer for once. And so I'm thinking I, I'm going to do this because I've done it two other times in my life where I've been the volunteer. One time uh, back in the day, they sent us to morning show boot camp in Miami, Florida. Uh, the radio did a Clear Channel or I guess iHeart. I'm not sure what it was at the time. Sent Wheeze and I. And I, you know, on my way back at that time, I was a single guy, had no kid, you know, I had a girlfriend, but it was, I think, again, I was traveling on a Saturday and they announced they needed a volunteer. And that time they gave me $300 in Delta credits, plus bumped me to first class, gave me a hotel room that night and a dinner stipend for that night, like a $30 visa prepaid card or something like that. And I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. I just got basically a free night in Miami, Florida. (laughs) This is great. One other time, too, I think it was actually on our honeymoon, Ryan and I got upgraded to first class uh, for the same thing. It was a very similar thing where I got bumped. We volunteered to bump from like a 10 a.m. flight to like a 1 p.m. flight or something like that. And it, and it pushed us into first class and got a small two or $300 credit, something like that. So anyway, they asked for a volunteer yesterday. And I, I mean, you couldn't stop me. I was like pushing babies aside, r- jumping over people like to get to the kiosk to say, me, I volunteer. And I get up there and of course I got to do a set, right? I got to make a, everyone laugh. And they say, you, sir, you're interested in volunteering uh, to take a later flight. And I said, look, I'm going on vacation with my in-laws. You can bump me to Wednesday if you want. <laughs> And I got a nice little laugh. She says, thank you so much, sir. She says, we're offering a $500 prepaid Visa gift card uh, and uh, and a bump to first class. It always includes a bump to first class. She said, I will bump you to first class for both legs of this flight, Rochester, Detroit, and Detroit to Fort Myers, and I will give you a $500 prepaid Visa gift card if you leave at noon instead of 1030. By the way, the second leg of the flight, Detroit to Fort Myers, was going to be the same flight anyway. So all I was really doing was instead of having, you know, a two or two and a half hour layover in Detroit, I was just going to have an extra hour and a half in the Rochester airport. I was like, hell, yes. I felt like I hit the lottery. I was like, yes, absolutely. Done freaking deal. She says, great, sir. Please have a seat here. You know, the seats that are like right next to the kiosk while we get the uh, plane boarded and I'll get you all set right after we get this uh, right, right as soon as we get the doors closed and I'm sitting there and I'm going this is too good to be true this is they're going to pay me basically they're going to pay me 500 bucks to sit in the Rochester airport for an hour and a half shit I would do that for a living like you want to pay me to sit in an airport 500 dollars an hour I'm in so I sit there they board the plane I'm on cloud nine I literally have the thought I think to myself I go I'm not going to tell 
anybody because instantly I want to tell Ryan, right? I want to tell my mom. I want to tell my partner, Tom, my business partner, Tom. Like, I'm trying, I want to send out this group text and be like, guess what, dude? They're paying me 500 bucks, you know, just to take a noon flight instead of 1030. So they board the plane, and at the end, she gets on the intercom and she goes, uh, Passenger Angela Despacito uh, to gate B10, please. Uh, Despacito was not the name. I don't know why I said Despacito. I'm thinking of the song now. Despacito. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I said it. So anyway, she gets on the thing. Angela Despacito, gate B10, please. A couple minutes go by. She looks at me and she says, we have to shut the doors at 1020, sir. And we do have one no-show. And if she doesn't show up, I'm going to put you on the flight. I'm going to get you on this flight. You know, she said it to me like she was doing me a favor. And I said to her, I go, uh, no, no, we have a deal. You're paying me $500 and I'm staying till noon, remember? And, <laughs> you know, and she laughed. She said, oh, yes, sir. Well, you know, if, you, if, you're, if, if we do have one empty person on this flight, that puts us even. We were one over. We were oversold by one. But if we have a no-show, now we're not. We're perfect. So we're going to put you on the flight. And I was like, are you sure we can't do that? And she goes, I will give you 5,000 miles for having been a volunteer. And I was like, okay. So, um, so, which is like 50 bucks. I'm pretty sure the Delta Sky Miles, once you work them out, are like 1,000 miles is about 100 bucks. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm up to 100,000 miles, by the way. So, I got, you know, that's not bad. So, I probably will have to book Delta again next time I fly anywhere because I got all those miles now. But anyway, so she gave me 5,000 miles. I had to get on that flight, but I was so close, so close to the 500 bucks. Oh, I wanted that five. I was so like, I was set on it. Like it was happening. I was like, yes. <clears throat> I do feel like God threw me a bone though. Cause so then I get to Detroit, Detroit, there's a small delay. So my flight to Fort Myers doesn't leave till like three or whatever. We land in Fort Myers, like five thirty, six o'clock. I get off and listen to these bones. I get thrown at this point. First of all, my bag, my luggage is the very first bag that comes out of the shoot for baggage claim. I'm like, shoot, this is awesome, right? Grab my bag. And the other thing is I've rented a car. And we are living in such a golden age for technology right now because, like, more than half of the population doesn't trust technology or doesn't know it exists yet. So I have the Hertz app, right? And I had rented my car from Hertz. And so I was able to check in online and basically get to the point where they told me my spot number. I just had to literally walk to the spot number, get in the car, and drive to the you know the final security check. You still have to go through a human and show your license and everything. But you don't have to wait in the big, long line at the beginning if you check in on the app. But meanwhile, the lines are just ridiculous. And they always are in Fort Myers because we come here almost once a year because, again, of my father-in-law's condo. But uh, but anyway, the lines are always really long in the rental car area at Fort Myers, and so I skip it with the Hertz app. <laughs> and I say we live in a golden age because that's not going to last forever. You know, 10, 20 years from now, as people, you know, age out and the young people become the adults, everyone's going to know that you can just do it on the app. But right now, I feel like it's only some of us that realize you can do everything on the app and just walk straight to your car. And not wait in any lines. I love that. It's just a great time to be alive. That's all I'm saying. So here's where I feel like God threw me a bone. My luggage comes out first. Then I walk to my car. I think there's some kind of mistake. I literally almost tattled on myself. It is a 
brand new. I'm trying to figure out if it's a 22 or a 23, but it's a 22 or a 23 Ford Expedition, which I get it. Everyone's got their opinions. Do you love it? Do you hate it? I don't know. But I love it, especially because I'm a big guy, very spacious. But it's also decked out, right? Leather seats, panoramic sunroof, just every. It's like the premier version of whatever the, the Ford Explorer is. But my charge, and I don't like, you know, I don't talk about money a lot, but listen, I'm going to tell you the money thing here right now. Last couple of years, we rented a car. It was close to $100 a night to rent a car, and that was for a standard SUV. So we always get an SUV because we do have, you know, a good handful of people down here. So we want to be able to cram like seven people into a car. So we will usually spring for the SUV, but I was always averaging about 100 bucks a night. It must be a thing about them being gas guzzlers or whatever because the souped-up Ford Explorer – $319 all in that includes tax. That's the all in price. $319 for the entire week. That's a pretty good deal. I've been renting cars for a while and that's a pretty damn good deal. Obviously it is going to guzzle gas and so that's one issue is it's probably going to have to t- fill that tank a couple times and that's not going to be cheap. But still 319 for a souped-up Ford Explorer, Ford Expedition? Not Explorer. Did I say Explorer? Expedition. The big one. Ford Expedition. I was like, hell yes. Good deal. Let me sip my coffee. I don't know if you can hear it or not, but the birds chirping in the background. The smell of fresh uh, cut grass. Yeah, this is really just me doing everything I can to make you feel bad about snowy Rochester. <laughs> or Ohio or wherever you listen from. I look at my stats. Like 85% of our listeners are in... Rochester. Um, so that's that. We, you know, I get here last night. We went to this place, uh, the the oyster, Coldwater Oyster Society. Uh, just got in just in time to catch them for dinner for that. And then I I found our server. It was born and raised in this area. So I got him to recommend a bunch of restaurants because you know my thing. I'm I'm the guy who says, look, I want to know. I want to know what the local restaurants are. I don't want tourist traps. I don't want chains. I want to know where you go to eat when you're going out to, you know, to a nice dinner. I want the, the and I told him, I said, like, I want a fancy place. I want a dive bar. I want a dive restaurant. I want a run of the mill. I want a family run joint. I'm looking for something where it's like, you know, Jose's tacos or something. And like Jose is the guy actually making the taco. Like that's what I'm looking for. You know, like Jim's burgers. And then it's like Jim is making the burger. That's what I want. So he gave me a couple joints he said were fancy, couple kind of middle of the road, and then he gave me the the dive. I said, yeah, he said, well, you know what I really want? I want the freaking dive that has cheap beer and a fantastic fish sandwich. That's what I want. And he gave me that joint too. He's like, yeah, you want to go here. And I can't wait. I'm excited for that. So, so it's going to be a good week. It's kind of a working vacation. Um, obviously, we, we had the cruise in January. That was vacation, vacation. This one is going to be Ryan and I are both kind of working half days and juggling Leo a little bit. So uh, pretty much every morning this week, Ryan is working, and then, around, and then we're going to get lunch together, and then we're going to tag out, and then I'm going to log in every afternoon this week. I am very exciting, very exciting stuff here. Prepare to be scintillated. I am taking the... Uh, PCQI exam right now, the Preventative Controls Qualified Individual, which is just another layer of sort of food safety certification. But I am, uh, it's a 15-hour class, and I believe I'm six hours into it. So I've got nine to go. So I'd really like to knock that out this week. That'd be great. Plus, I got just regular shit to do. So there's all that. And uh, it should be a good week. Yeah, it should be a very good week. Now, 
I left you hanging with something last week that I want to tell you about, and that is my issue with the Brighton Farmers Market. And um, I still think I'm going to leave some details out. I'll explain why. It's because it's not settled yet, and I, I'm not sure how full-blown I want to go on talking about this until I see kind of where it all, you know, w- once this is all said and done, how does it all kind of kind of, you know, how, where do the pieces fall? We'll put it that way. Uh, it is the extent to which I'm going to do, you know, <laughs> detail, detailed podcasting about this. But basically what I told you about last week is here's the basics, right? This year for the fifth year in a row, my company was denied entry into the Brighton Farmers Market. Uh, and I am no longer willing to take no for an answer. And that probably sounds bad until I tell you this. The only reasoning I've ever been given, well, let me give you a bit of the background here. In 2019, we were denied because we were using a co-packer, meaning we weren't bottling our own sauce. We had a company bottling it for us. Completely made sense. It's a grower's market. The people who, who sell their wares there should be the parties responsible for actually making the wares. Now, back then, I would have made the argument, hey, look, it's still my intellectual property. I still created everything you see here, so I'm not actually putting the sauce in the bottle myself, so what? But still, honestly, I get it. I get it. 2020, uh, now we've invested in a facility. We are bottling it ourselves. But now there's a global pandemic, and they've decided no new vendors. So we're denied again and again. No complaints from me. I get it. 2021 was going to be my year. We apply in 2021, and we are denied. And I am frankly a bit surprised. And I ask for some reasoning, and this is the only time I've ever really gotten any reasoning. And the reasoning was... That, the, uh, that I was told that the farmers just aren't sure where I'm sourcing my ingredients from. So I say, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Let me clear that up. And I do a little explaining. And I say, we get this from here and that from there. And, um, and full disclosure, we don't buy everything locally. We buy uh, a lot locally. But we also buy some stuff not locally. I mean, look out your window right now. Where are they growing tomatoes in this weather right now? Now, that works for you, but not for me because I'm in Florida. But it for you... Look out your window and tell me where you're growing uh, tomatoes. Now, if I were you and I were smart, I would say, well, there's got to be greenhouses, right? Yes, there are. There are hydroponic farms who I've called, and they cannot do anywhere near the amount of tomatoes I need. There's Intergrow, who we do utilize, but even this time of year, Intergrow is only giving me about 2,000 pounds of tomatoes a week. And just this past week, I could have taken seven or 8,000 pounds. So even Intergrow can't give me all the tomatoes that I need to do what I want to do this time of year, right? So there's got to be some sourcing that doesn't happen locally. And we buy tomatoes from Southern California where they have beautiful, fantastic, ripe, year-round, always-on-spec, beautiful tomatoes. I actually don't think that we do a bad job with local sourcing. Let me give you another example of something that we, we couldn't possibly locally source, but we still managed to do it locally in a way, and I'll explain. Imported Italian tomatoes. We have a client for whom we have to use a certain tomato, and it is imported from Italy. Okay? Okay. Here's how we do that. We import the tomatoes, and we house them at Palmer's, Palmer's Food Service. Palmer's, of course, charges us a fee and sells us those tomatoes, So, right, they're imported Italian tomatoes, which means they're not grown locally. However, we do work in a local vendor in Palmer's, and so there's still money being spent locally, not to mention the jobs that create, the indirect jobs that creates by the amount of money we spend on just those tomatoes. We do that with other ingredients too, but plus the direct jobs it creates 
Because remember, those tomatoes are still being processed locally in Rochester at my plant. So I, I go through a kind of an explanation of all that where, you know, but at the end of the day, they're kind of not thinking that deep into it. They're just going like, look, are you buying everything from local farms or not? And the answer is no, not everything. So 2022 comes around, we're denied again. Now I get a little ticked off. Now I'm like, okay. I go down to the farmer's market pretty much every Sunday in 2022, where me and my family do already go almost every Sunday. And, uh, and I spend a lot of money down there. But this year I go with a slightly different shade of glasses on, shall we say. And this year I am talking to the other vendors I am learning as much as I can, asking a lot of questions, and coming up with this general answer. And that is that many of the vendors that are down there are doing the same thing I'm doing. They are wonderful vendors, wonderful vendors, doing beautiful and amazing things. But they got to get what they can get from where they can get it. And it's not always going to be available locally. And sometimes they have to get stuff that isn't available locally. Now, it's not every vendor. Of course, the farmers do a great job. And I certainly do not know every single vendor down there and where they're getting every single thing they're getting. But I do have a couple of years of procurement under my belt. And I do certainly understand what is and isn't available locally. And I'm able to look around and, and kind of have an idea. Now, that being said, that's not good enough. What I just said is not good enough. It's not good enough. I can't just walk around and have hunches, right? I need some actual proof. So I am in line last year at a vendor, a very popular vendor, and I'm not going to name any names because that's not what this is about, but a very popular vendor. And the woman in front of me asks this vendor where they source their blank. Now, blank is the ingredient that they use primarily in all all their products. If I told you what it was, it would click immediately. But this is like the main ingredient that they use, right? And uh, they answer by saying that it all comes from a, and they name a city. And the city is not only not local to Rochester, it's not even in this country. So when I heard that, I said, okay. Now, I have nothing against this vendor or any vendor down there. Every one of them, as far as I'm concerned, deserves to be there. That market is a fantastic market, and it's because of the quality of the vendors that are there. But it made it occur to me when I heard what the, these people said, as far as where they get their blank, it occurred to me exceptions are being made. I already, I already knew exceptions were being made, but it really occurred to me what my argument was going to be, and that is that exceptions are being made. And if I were you, I would think, well, he's probably talking about coffee, right? Coffee fits what he's saying, right? Because coffee beans can't grow around Rochester. Well, the truth is, no, I was not talking about coffee. This was something other than coffee. But coffee is a really good example. Coffee beans can't grow in Rochester. So the wonderful roasters that we have in Rochester, they bring the coffee beans up, they roast them, and then they sell them at the market. And I think that's great. They should be able to do that. There is an art and a talent to what they are doing. And they are taking it to the market where people, of course, want coffee. An exception is being made because coffee beans can't possibly grow in this area. These people can't find the coffee grounds that they need in this area or the coffee beans that they need in this area. Therefore, an exception must be made. And I completely agree. Completely agree an exception should be made. Now, this market has deemed coffee must be there. This market has deemed pasta should be there. Flower City Pasta is a vendor. Last year, I offered a compromise. I said, hey, what if, uh, what if 
I just do a shelf in the Flower City Pasta booth. And by the way, I already checked with John, the owner of Flower City Pasta. He said that'd be great. Absolutely, I'd love that. But of course, the market says no. No, no, no. That That's nope. Nope. Can't have it here. I go, okay. Coffee's a really good example. I'm not sure. Us getting those tomatoes out of California, I'm not sure how that's different from the coffee people. You know what I mean? So it made me, it occurred to me, I said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to take this sitting down. So in 2023, of course, once again, we get denied and I decide it's, it's time to uh, get a little bit more of a thorough explanation as to how the exception-making process is being done. Because, listen, I'm going to say some things that you hear said once in a while and, uh, and, and, you know, sometimes I think people are being whiny, and I'm certain that you might think I'm being whiny right now, and I am being whiny. I deserve your criticism. I am being whiny. But here's the thing. I am a Brighton resident. I am a Brighton taxpayer. I am a Brighton voter, for that matter. And this market is a Brighton-subsidized thing. It is on Brighton High School parking lot territory. This is run by the town of Brighton at the end of the day. If you follow the chain up, you know, you got the board, you got the market manager. It all filters up to the town supervisor. This is being run by Brighton. So on the realm of exceptions, how how could it be that being a Brighton resident and taxpayer does not give you a leg up in the exception-making process? I don't understand that. I don't. I don't get it. That's a basic a basic explanation of what's going on. I do want to add one more thing. Now, I left out probably three or four more, more specific, more nuanced things that, would, that I think would start to get a little kind of, you know, slinging mud. And, and I... I don't know if what I just did over the last 10 minutes can be considered slinging mud or not. I don't. I hope not. I, I, I you know, I, again, I, I'm sure that I sound like a whiner and I'm sure that this is all kind of, you know, I, I, it's just kind of, I'm being a, a Chad, right? What's the male version of a Karen? Maybe I'm being a bit of a Chad. I understand. Um, but I do feel like if you knew even more, there's, there's a few more things probably that I could tell you that I'm not telling you right now, specifically because I'm trying to stop short of truly slinging mud. At this point, I'm trying to keep it as classy as I can, and I'm just trying to finally kind of speak up. And you might say, oh, Paulie, why are you doing this? Why are you rocking the boat? Well, it's because it's been five years. I didn't rock the boat in 2019, 2020. I didn't rock the boat in 2021 or even 2022. This is the fifth time they've denied me, and I am finally just now rocking the boat, Okay. So let's say it like that. Also, I am leaving a few things out right now that I may or may not eventually podcast about, depending on how this whole thing goes. That would be a little, you know, you, you think I'm rocking the boat now? These few things would rock it even, even harder. Uh, so I finally did decide I was going to the Brighton Town Council meeting on Wednesday. I went. Town supervisor kind of pulled me aside and said, look, I know you want to speak, but what do you say we do this one-on-one? Call me in the morning. And I agreed. I said, okay, I won't speak publicly. So I called him, and the appointment is set for Monday, March 20th at 4 p.m. I'm going in there, and uh, this time, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just 
I'm not leaving without asking for, hey, please reverse the decision. And if you can't reverse the decision, please explain the the exception-making process to me a little bit more specifically. And uh, tell me why a Brighton taxpayer wouldn't be given first dibs, you know? And, uh, you know, why is there – well, anyway, I'm going to stop short of that. That That's it. That's I think I'm, I'm done talking. I think I'm done. I think I, I have to stop. I think I have – already borderline mud slung you know what i mean and i don't want to i don't want to get i don't want to go much further and and, and honestly if you're somebody who likes me and cares about me please let me know uh my cell i think most of you guys have my cell phone number i give it out on every jar of sauce i'm very free with my cell phone number it's 585-350-5788 if you think everything I just did was completely classless and just absolutely awful and, and you know, I should, I should just let me know. I really do want to know because I don't want to be classless regarding this farmer's market situation. I do want to get a, across the point that this is five years now and I'm only finally speaking up about it, um, even though I felt like even back in 2019 I could have made a pretty good argument that I was the person creating these sauces. Do you know what I mean? My recipes, my artwork, my intellectual property, my brand, my name, my hard work, right? Even back then, I could have made the argument. I waited five years to talk about this. So I, I would like to hear from you. If you think that I should honestly even go back and not do this and, and cut out this whole part, I want to hear from you because I don't want to appear classless. I don't want to sling mud. Just let me know, please. Okay? Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we'll see what happens with that, though. Okay, all right, I'm going to drink the rest of my coffee. I think I'm going to make a quick little bit of lunch. I waited until the condo was quiet. Everybody else is at the pool right now. I may or may not join them at the pool. I don't know. I'm not a big pool guy, but uh, I do like getting in the water with Leo from time to time, so that would be fun. So anyway, all right, love you guys. Thank you so much for your patience today. Sorry about the botched first attempt at releasing this, but hopefully this one went better. All right, love you guys. Thanks.